Welcome to the Sons of Mjolnir podcast. The Sons of... What? This isn't your Sons of Macaroni, yeah! The Sons of Mjol... Mjolnir? This is Sons of Mjolnir, yeah, yeah, yeah! Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sons of Mjolnir. As always, I am one of your hosts, Fat Thor. I'm Cap. And today we are coming together to talk all about the new Captain America uh, run. Uh, We're going to be talking about there's actually two Captain America runs going on right now. Sentinel of Liberty by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. And then we're also going to be talking about Symbol of Truth. And that is going to be written by Tochi. I am already going to apologize because I know I'm going to butcher the last name. Onabuchi. I hope that's right, but we're going to be calling him Tochi for uh, the sake of this episode. But uh, he is going to be writing, like I said, Symbol of Truth, which features Sam Wilson as Captain America. And we just wanted to come and like nerd out about these runs because we are both loving them. They are now uh, starting to converge in a new event called Captain America Cold War. And we just got the first two issues of that. So yeah, like I said, we are loving both of these issues. We have the cap expert here in house. So we wanted to come and just nerd out all about this run because like I said, we are just, we're absolutely loving it. Loving it is, um, I feel like that's a big understatement. But yeah, I mean, you're yeah, the, definitely love like it. I said before, you're the cap expert here and you've read more Captain America than definitely any of us and probably more than most of anybody out there listening or watching this. So just before we get into the nitty gritty and everything, how how are you liking this run compared to other cap runs you loved? Obviously, you know, Burbaker is the standard the bar to hit and like you know it's impossible to ask to get to that level but despite that what do you how do you like in sentinel of liberty i am i'm lost for words each time i go to describe it it's such a good run like it's Mm -hmm. it's probably the best run i've read on captain america since brubaker and it's it's not far off it to be honest oh that's high praise the conspiracy aspect of Sentinel as well, like it's so close to Brubaker's spy thriller espionage feel as well. Mm-hmm. It, the tones are they're not too different, they're pretty similar, but at the same time, there's just there's something setting them apart. But ah man, both are phenomenal. Just I'm yeah. really enjoying this one, yeah. Like I mean, like you said, I can't really say it any better themselves. It's almost like a loss for words. It's just, it's so good. And like you said, you've read way more Captain America than I have. I've read, you know, stuff here and there. I've read, you know, Brubaker. But I don't know, this one just feels kind of different. Like it just, I start, I mainly started it, obviously, because of our friendship. And, you know, I knew we were going to want to be talking about it on the podcast. So I immediately added it to my polls. Once I found out it was written by uh, Jackson and Kelly, that was also an immediate put on my polls. And yeah, like I said, it's just, it feels different. It feels fresh. And with a character like Captain America, I feel like he sometimes, at least for me, can fall into the kind of uh, trope of kind of like Superman. You know what I mean? Like how, not saying that I don't agree, like Superman is a boring character and I'm not trying to say Captain America is a boring character either. Choose your next words wisely. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Cap's looking at me with some laser eyes here. But no, I just mean in the sense of like, you know, people hold Superman to like this standard and like, you know, he's the good, good boy, you know, the good, uh, you know, Boy Scout kind of character. And Cap is very similar and they've both been around for so long I just feel like Cap is a hard character to come at, come with something new and fresh. You know what I mean? Because he's been everywhere. I mean, he's Captain America. He's been with the Avengers, World War II, the Invaders, Civil War, like, you know, so many things. So I feel like, again, it's hard to for a character like Captain America to feel new and fresh. Am I completely off base with that? No, um, I'd agree 100%. It's like um, you have so much rich history there with Captain America. Like you have 
you have all the world where where do you really go next like you have mm. world war Two stuff that's already been done you even have nazi captain america you have alternate captain america you have spy and espionage captain america you know there's not much more you can do so for mm. a new team to come in and make it feel fresh and new that's it speaks volumes about how good the writing is too yeah, I mean, that's an achievement in itself, I think, like just to come up with, like I said, a new, like something, like you said, to keep the Steve and Captain America, you know, new and fresh and exciting. Like I said, I think that's an achievement all on its own. But speaking of, you know, reinventing, not reinventing Cap, Cap but kind of bringing new life to Cap, let's talk about jackson and kelly the hive mind of comics i've been calling them the, the new dream team of comics because they are just so good together their writing is just like phenomenal we've been uh you know praising their work for a while it, people who have been listening and watching us for a little bit will remember we all loved their kang mini we nerded out about that on one of our la you know previous episodes i can't remember which one but that was absolutely phenomenal. The Captain America run has been absolutely phenomenal. They just started a new Guardians run where it's like, you know, the the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's like a Western kind of feel. And it's only one issue in so far. So I'm not going to say, you know, it's the best thing I've ever read. It's But the first issue was super good. I definitely grabbed my attention. I can't wait for it to go forward. But yeah, I mean... Like you said, they're just so good. What do you what are your thoughts on, you know, Jackson and Kelly, the hive mind of comics? I really like them. Um see, whatever the first thing I read of theirs was that Kang Mini. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly I had hadn't heard of them. So it was new writers, new book for me. And it blew me away. Mm -hmm. I was like, hot done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, for and me, it was it like a out. hindsight thing. I didn't even know, I didn't even realize that they wrote, I mean, I knew that they wrote Kang, but when I started Sentinel, I didn't even realize that till like kind of after the fact. I'm like, oh shit, they did Kang too. I loved that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I and then mine at, uh, they brought out that one-shot Timeless. Mm -hmm. That was pretty fun good too. I was like, no, this, it's definitely not a one-off. They're not a one-book wonder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then I heard they were getting Captain America, and I was like, I'm, I'm a little excited here. Yeah. And now look at us, I'm falling head, head over heels for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, like you said, I can't, I can't say enough good things about them. It really, I don't want to say they're like on the rise, because, you know, they've been putting in work for a good long while now. But, man, they are just on fire lately. And it they've become they've become writers that I'm like forever now will like, if they're coming out with a book, I'm adding it to my full list. Like they yeah. have my total yeah. trust. And I think with both Kang and Captain America, and I'm, it seems like with guardians, I feel like they're really good at taking all of the history of these characters, you know, like Kang, for example, like in that Kang mini, we really kind of got an entire history of Kang, but told like kind of through a new lens and, you know, and, you know, with added lore to kind of connect with everything that we already previously knew about Kang. And I think that they're kind of doing something very similar in this Captain America book where, like we just talked about, they're bringing us something very new and very fresh. But at the same time, it still ties all back with the lore of Captain America. And, you know, we're bringing like the invaders and uh, the destroyer, uh, Peggy, I mean, obviously Peggy Carter. Like there's a lot of things that they're touching on, like I said, that is new and different, but it's still rooted in the Cap lore. And like they're not they're not just making things up you know about cap like this all and again you're the expert so you correct me if i'm wrong but like it feels like again while it's new it's uncovering things about the past we never knew you get what i mean yeah no 100 percent. yeah i definitely agree with that i because there's like they're what they're how do you how do you even explain it like the new stuff they're bringing is so like entwined with history 
that it doesn't feel overly new, but at the same time, no one knows it. So mm-hmm. it, it's just crazy how they they're bringing stuff like new stuff to Cap's history. Uh, it's, yeah. Like they're bringing the writing is so good, man. (laughs) Yeah, they're bringing new stuff from old stuff. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. You can just you can just tell that these dudes get it. You know what I mean? Like not only do they get it, but they've done their homework. Like that's how I feel. Both with Kang, Captain America. Like if like I said, it feels like they're in both titles trying to do something new and different with the character, but you know, all the things you know about it are still there. You know what I mean? Like, again, it's just, it's great writing. It's just proof of great writing. Yeah, you can tell they're really fans of the characters they write, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there's so much love poured into it. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but every interview I see of both of them, like, they just seem like the coolest guys ever. And, like, yeah. Jack Jackson yeah. especially, like, he is so hyped every time I hear him talk about, like, Captain America or Kang or, you know, whatever they're working on. And Even I just, Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek, too. That's something else I forgot to mention. I know nothing about Star Trek. Like, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely zero about Star Trek. But I did pick up their uh, Star Trek for free comic book day. So I am excited Again, like I said, they have my loyalty now. If I see them writing it, I'm going to pick it up. So I don't know anything about Star Trek, but I picked up that damn book because I, like I said, I know that they're good writers. And if anyone can get me on the Trekkie train, it's probably them. Yeah, I can, I can get behind that. How yeah, nice. I'm very similar myself. Like, I know absolutely nothing about Star Trek, never watched it, never read anything, no interest at all. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I might have to check this out here. Say if it's like I said, if it's Jackson and Kelly, then I'm in. You know, easy man. If I see their names, I'm buying it. Fair. It's it's hard to argue. <laughs> yep. But let's you know we could sing their praises all day long. If you know for out of the blue moon chance that they might be you know hear this, listen to this, we love you guys. Keep do you're doing great. Just keep doing what you're doing. We absolutely love it. But let's kind of let's really get into it, though. We're talking about how great their writing is. So let's talk about that writing and let's kind of really get into Sentinel of Liberty. So we talked about how, you know, they're they're really great at bringing new stuff from old stuff. And I kind of want to talk about before we get into kind of the conspiracy stuff and, you know, we're not going to talk full full spoilers because we do want everyone out there to be able to read it and still be surprised but obviously some spoilers we're gonna are gonna come up just naturally in discussion but i want to start talking about steve uh i think you know steve is a character like we just talked about i feel like can sometimes fall into that uh that kind of category of like oh the good old boy the boy scout and you know whatnot and i i really love their depiction of Steve in this book. And what I mean by that is like, when I'm reading, like, I want to talk about specifically the first issue, I think exemplifies what I'm talking about really, really well. And in the first issue, we have Steve coming back to Manhattan to his childhood home. And we see him, you know, hanging out with his neighbors. And like, he teaches this kid, like one of his neighbor kids, like how to throw a punch or something, because he's getting bullied at school. And there's like this great monologue from him. I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's like he's uh, taking a jog through the neighborhood and he talks about how he always runs with the shield facing the people. And he says it's because like the shield's not his, like the shield belongs to the people, like the symbol of Captain America. It's not Steve Rogers. It's everybody's. And like just from those first couple pages, again, like I was saying, like, these dudes get it. And like, to me, when I'm reading, when I'm reading this uh, run and like, again, specifically like Steve's inner monologue uh, panels and stuff like that, it just like, again, just feels like Steve Rogers to me. And it just feels like they really hit it on the head with, at least in my mind, like who Steve is, like what he stands for. So I want to get your perspective on that again, because you have read more Steve Rogers and Captain America than you know, pretty much anybody. So what do you think about their depiction of Steve? I really like it. Um, one of the things I like most about it is they've brought back the human aspect of Steve. 
Like he's not, he's not wrote as just Captain America, super soldier. He's a human again. So you get that emotion, you get that relatability, you get, you get all the stuff that makes Steve relatable in there. Mm-hmm. And it, it's hard to find in like other, like past runs, because a lot of people just write him generic super soldier, you know, mm-hmm. nothing phases him. But at the same time, they're missing that human aspect. Which is something that these the two guys have brought perfectly into this run. Mm-hmm. I really, really like that. Yeah, I agree, and I think you just described kind of what I was trying to say even even better than I could say it. But like you said, it's the human aspect of Steve. And like when I was making that uh, Captain America Superman comparison, I think that's like I said, that's kind of what I meant. Is like you just said, I feel like sometimes a lot of writers just write Steve as this kind of generic super soldier, you know, leader. And, you know, we love that about Steve also. But like you said, I think what really is appealing of Steve Rogers and what Jackson and Kelly are able to really hit so well is, like you said, that human element of Steve. Like, again, like him helping his neighbor and him, you know, moving back home to Manhattan and, you know, taking a jog around the neighborhood or like his uh, radio group that he has in the first couple of issues. Like, I loved that. I thought that was awesome. Like, again, to me, that's Steve Rogers. Like you said, the human Steve Rogers, not just Captain America. Yeah, like how are you supposed to relate to a super soldier who can lift cars and stuff, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You need something there that you can relate to. Mm -hmm. So these guys have brought it in really well. In this run, like we talked about, uh, so it kind of starts off, uh, Steve moves back home to lower Manhattan where he grew up. In the MCU, the little change, MCU uh, Cap is from Brooklyn, but in the comics, he's always been from Manhattan. Correct, Cap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he comes back home to kind of, you know, do his cat, you know, do it, not Captain America, his Steve Rogers thing. And he's just trying to, you know, hang out, be Steve Rogers. He's like, we talked about, he's got his little radio group going. All of this is uplifted when a new threat comes into play called the outer circle. And we learn through the events of this series. And we are kind of still learning as we go on is that Captain America's shield and the symbol, like the circles and the star, it's not actually, it doesn't actually stand for America, or like everyone thinks. And we learn again that it's uh, something that's still unfolding, that the symbol of Captain America comes from these people called that call themselves the Outer Circle. And basically they're like a covert cabal kind of group that has been influencing world events since I don't even know. I know it's not like, not like the beginning of time, but for a long, long time, like we're talking very powerful, like the most powerful people on the planet. And they have all been playing this game that they call the century game. And for, you know, centuries, I guess, as the name implies, they have been making moves each each person is like a different has a different name like there's the revolutionary there's power love um uh, etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm not sure exactly the other ones but basically they're like i said they're all playing this century game and each one makes moves that determine the outcome of you know the world so cap is as we go through the series cap starts uncovering this and basically the adventure that we follow him on is uncovering what does all this mean what does the symbol mean like what parts of both not only captain america but everyone around captain america bucky barnes peggy carter how have they all been influenced and kind of been pawns of this game that they didn't know existed so that's kind of where we pick up that's kind of where we're at and what we're uncovering so i want to get into kind of what is the outer circle so like i said they're like a cabal of people but cap can you give us a little bit more on like who these people are it's like what well, it started in the 19th i think it was the 19th century um it's, it was five people wasn't it there's revolution love wealth power and i can't remember the last one but i they all came together to like shape the world 
so they try and create this they try to shape a world with this game and they have the five star points which are like which is a star on cap shield they have who's the five star points there's bucky peggy the destroyer redacted and who was the fifth one is cap cap the fifth one I can't remember who the fifth one is. Maybe Cap's the fifth one. So, like you said, Bucky is a star point. So that means. Yeah. So basically, what that means is that for Bucky's basically entire life, he has been a pawn in this game, uh, executing orders from the outer circle that we never knew. So, like back, you know, when he was the Winter Soldier, he was unbeknowingly taking orders from Hydra and doing Hydra's dirty work. So basically similar situation just on a bigger scale right yeah um even before that um bucky was he was planted in captain america's like i don't want to say care because it wasn't his care but like he was put into his group Mm -hmm. as part of their plan so he was planted there from the very beginning even before winter soldiers came about Mm -hmm. and then obviously he had blew up and the kgb got him and then that's whenever Winter Soldier came about. Mm-hmm. So even from like day dot, I'm pretty sure his his father, the reason his dad died was to get Bucky into the army to be Captain America's sidekick. Sidekick. So that kind of leads us perfectly in. So Bucky. So we got to talk about Bucky. We just talked about how you know Steve is written in this book. Well, let's talk a little bit about Bucky. So. Like we said, again, I don't want to spoil too much for anybody because it's it's so good. You all, you all need to go read it for yourselves. But without spoiling too much, this whole cabal is kind of starting to be uncovered, this outer circle. And Cap and Bucky, you know, are going, you know, go to investigate. And Bucky starts working with the outer circle and he becomes the new revolutionary, a player in this game. And so he is trying to basically take down the outer circle from within and that has started to put him and steve at odds and now where we're at in the book now it's kind of almost like bucky is kind of the main villain of the book now like obviously it's the yeah. outer circle and they're the ones you know pulling the strings of everything but bucky has started to take it upon himself to like i said try and take down this cabal which is putting him you know head to head with steve in many many areas so i want to talk a little bit about bucky and how do you think his portrayal in this book is because i i have some thoughts but i want to hear what you think uh to start off with um it's 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 kind of weird because like the first few issues before we met revolution i really liked how they wrote bucky. I, I still like how they write bucky i just don't like the direction they've taken mm-hmm. them but at the same time i feel like it's too early to give it that judgment you know mm-hmm. like he's basically just gets foot in the door without a circle is he really playing their game against them or is he just too deep in where he's given in now mm-hmm. you know like he's found out some big heavy secrets about his past maybe it's time he's just given yeah it's almost like in my mind it's like the question of is he still trying to take down the outer circle for like for the greater good or is he trying to take down the outer circle for himself you get what i mean yeah and i feel like we're starting to get to the point where that line is becoming a lot more harder to see. And I think that we're seeing Bucky not necessarily like wanting to take the power for himself, but he wants to be the one in control now. His whole life, I mean, with the Winter Soldier, someone has always been in control of his decisions and what he is doing and even when he thought he was free of that we now learn he you know the outer circle has been orchestrating everything so i can i can see the sense of like i said he wants to take it down for himself and now be the one making decisions everyone's made decisions for him before now he wants to be the one making those decisions 
Yeah, because like Elvis has been quite an emotional, an emotionally led character. Like, mm-hmm. I I know he's tactically, tactically sound, and he plans a lot. But at the same time, his emotions lead a lot. Mm-hmm. So like, for self gratification, like he could want to take them down for that, you know, mm-hmm. rather than the greater good, as you say. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and like, uh. Like you're saying, I I really like how they're writing Bucky. And I like, like I said, the whole thing I just kind of talked about with, you know, Bucky's a character that has always been a pawn of someone else. And, like, that's, like, the one thing in my mind. Again, you're the expert, so you've read more than me. But in my mind, that's kind of Bucky's, like, ultimate uh goal or like the thing that always is haunting him is like i said he is always a pawn of someone else like kind of that classic greek myth of like the guy pushing the boulder up the hill but he'll never reach the top of the hill it's like bucky is constantly trying to be the good guy and like put his past away but the people controlling you know all of that just won't let him and now first it was hydra and now we have this outer circle so i really like how they're playing into that kind of aspect of him of like you said try again trying to reclaim his identity and be his own person like i think that's very central to bucky's character but like i said the one thing at least for right now that's kind of that i'm not sure if i'm really loving is it seems like he's becoming straight villainous in the, at least in these last couple issues. But I think you bring up a good point too. And I think it's too early to like make a decision of like, yeah, I don't, I don't like how they turned Bucky into a villain because he's not like, I wouldn't even say we're at that point yet. It just seems like that's where we're headed. But I feel like it's just like everything in this run has been so far we're going to learn more as we go on and it's all going to make sense. We're going to be like, wow, that's why, that's why he did that. And like, that's why he did that. Like, I think they're going to, they're going to bring it back around in a way that all of these things that he's doing is going to make a lot more sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's one of the things those guys are good at too, is the twists. So like where we think it's leading to could twist off to something completely different. Like, yeah. we could see Bucky turning full-on villain. And just as we expected, they could turn him into Captain America, I guess. Yeah. Like, you never know where these guys are planning to take it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the love they have for Bucky as well wouldn't allow them to make him a villain again. Mm-hmm. That's you know what, what I mean? mean, and that's kind of why I'm apprehensive about it. Because, again, you've read more Bucky than me, but to me, it's like, Bucky deserves some, I don't want to say peace because, you know, then we wouldn't have any stories. Like, you know, something has to go wrong (laughs) for the man because we got, I want more stories with him, but it's like, I feel like at this point, Bucky deserves to be a hero and like, you know, not be a bad guy anymore. And he's always like, we just talked about always getting thrown back into the throw of, you know, Hydra or winter soldier or this, that, the other, like I want, I just I want my man to be happy. You know what I mean. I want him to be next yeah. to next to Steve fighting evil. You know that's what I want for him. Yeah. Um. Before we move on, I'm just going to correct you. Um, Please. It it wasn't Hydra that Bucky was working for. It was the Russians. It was the KGB. Whenever he was Winter Soldier, it oh. was Hydra in the MCU. Okay. That was a little change the MCU done. See, this is why we need you, man. This is why we need you. Yeah. Okay. So KGB, not Screw KGB. Hydra. <laughs> yes, Screw yeah. Hydra. But I mean, I'm sure they had their hands on on him at some point in the in the comics. Come on now. Yeah. Well, um, coming off the back of Winter Soldier, whenever um, Bucky killed Alexander, or not Alexander, looking whenever he killed Red Skull for the KGB to take the Cosmic Cube. And then Red Skull came back. He like merged with looking. Mm. I guess you could say Hydra had a hand in it there. Because at the end of the day, it was still Red Skull and looking. So it was both of mm. them, you know. 
damn Hydra, dude. They're always in when you cut off one head, another grows in his place. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit. We were talking about these star points and like how you know Bucky is a star point and like what that means. I also want to talk about Peggy. I have questions yes. about Peggy, and this is where your cat brain is going to have to come in. So Peggy is also one of these star points, which, like you said, means that she's basically unbeknowingly an agent of this outer circle. Now, my knowledge of Peggy is very limited, and I know of her. I've read a couple things. Obviously, she's been in a lot of Cap stuff, which is where most of my knowledge comes from. And then obviously we have Peggy Carter in the MCU. But so you're going to have to help me out a little bit here. I, so what I'm what I'm confused about and basically my question is so like what what I know of Peggy is like the basics like, you know, her and Steve had, you know, romance and were, you know, together whatnot uh, during, you know, his initial run as Cap. He goes into the ice, you know, so far and so forth. So in this run, we pick up one she's still like young so like i you know in my mind she should be like a hundred something years old so like what what are the differences of peggy in the comics versus like you said the peggy that we know in the mcu and like how does she come into play here with being a star point essentially peggy was just like a she was a love interest in world war ii nothing more after Stephen and Delice, that was the end of it. There was no, it wasn't how it was in the MCU. It was different. Mm-hmm. And Steve came back from the ice, met Sharn, and that's the one they fell in love with. Um, but it was, was it Coates? Was it Coates Ron? Um, he had brought her back, uh, using the cosmic cube. So remember Kovic, the. Uh, sentient version of a cosmic cube mm-hmm. well whenever she changed steve's history to be a hydra agent um they changed it back unwillingly or unknowingly brought peggy into the future again and that's whenever she brought forward the daughters the daughters of liberty okay so that's how that's how she's still young mm-hmm. and this is what maybe just only a couple of years after that Hi, it's maybe five five years at most after that happened. So she's still relatively young. She's still in her prime. She's still mm-hmm. prime prime day, Peggy. Yeah. Um but that does raise a big question as to how she has a role to play in the outer circle being a star point. Because if it wasn't for Kobeck, Peggy would have died way back in God knows, maybe the seventies. She could have died in World War Two. But if she, uh, so if she wasn't brought back, she'd still be dead back then. So how did they plan? Hmm. Denied. Could they have planned for her to be brought back? I, I, it's, it's just questions maybe, upon questions. Yeah, maybe that's, that, but... maybe that's something that is yet to be unveiled you know maybe we stumbled onto yeah. a little thread right here could have or unless she was one of the original star points in world war Two, because the outer circle had a hand in world war Two. obviously mm-hmm. creating steve and bucky mm-hmm. um they had a hand in world war Two. so unless she was one of the original original star points maybe and then whenever she whenever she died got a new one and then she came back and they were like Hang on, look who's back. Look what the cat drug in. <laughs> Again, questions upon questions yeah. whenever you get to that but And that's that's what we love about this book is the questions, the conspiracy, the yeah, mystery exactly. unfolding. For me, that's that's one of the things you want whenever you're reading something. You want to be kept on the edge. You want mm-hmm. like what's gonna happen next? Like how does this happen or Hold on a minute, that can't happen because this, but then can it happen? You know, like mm-hmm. the constant, the constant thinking, I like that about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's like, uh, again, not being the cap expert, but that's something that I really love about 
Captain America stories. And like, the, I think that's the reason why, you know, the movie Captain America Winter Soldier is a lot of people's favorite is that kind of spy thriller kind of theme. I think the cap yeah. just works so well with those kind of stories. And again, uh, Colin or uh, Jackson and Kelly are able to kind of hit that theme so well and give us a new kind of conspiracy and mystery to unfold in the vein of the Winter Soldier, but brought into this new era of comics, like of where we find Steve today. That kind of naturally brings us into Sam Wilson's run. So like we talked about earlier, uh, there's currently two Captain America runs going on simultaneously uh, Sentinel of Liberty with Steve that we just talked about, but there's also Symbol of Truth, and that is going to be with Sam Wilson as Captain America. And uh, like we talked about, that is going to be written by Tochi, uh, again, excuse me for the butchering of the name, Anabuchi. And so let's talk about this run a little bit. I've also been loving this run. I mean, I know we we love everything here. We're not, we're not hard critics, <laughs> especially when it comes to, you know, our main characters, but yeah, you know, I, I've always loved Sam Wilson cap and, you know, now he's captain America in the MCU, which is fantastic. But I want to talk about this run. And like we, we were just talking about, I feel like it's doing very similar things in the sense of using Sam's history and cat and the history of cap and making it new and fresh in a, you know, in a way that we haven't seen before. What I really love is like you said, they're bringing it back old things and making them feel new. So in this run, we have white wolf is like the main kind of villain. Him and Sam have a pretty long history together. And it basically is, the run is going to be following Sam Wilson as he is uh, taking on, not taking on, because we've seen that already, but, you know, uh, living in the mantle of Captain America. And, it, you know, this run takes him to Wakanda, uh, takes him, you know, kind of all around the globe. And we see him fighting, uh, like I said, White Wolf and trying to stop. There's like civil war breaking out. uh and like, uh, like I said, terrorist attack going on in Wakanda. And I think it's hitting a lot of the same veins as Sentinel Liberty in the sense of it. I really love how they're writing Sam Wilson in this run. And like, again, his inner dialogue, uh, one moment I can think of off the top of my head, uh, his fight with, with T'Challa. And I want to say maybe like issue four or six, uh, he fights him with no armor, no shield or anything like just hand to hand. And like I said, I just really like their portrayal of Sam. I think it really hits it on the head of, you know, what Sam represents and like how the differences of his Captain America versus Steve's. But what do you think, Cap? What are your thoughts on Sam Wilson as the character in this run and the run as a, as a whole? I really like, I, I really like the run, and I really like how Tochi. I'm a leave it there. He's <laughs> writing Sam. Mm -hmm. It's like um the last Sam run we got was Nick Spencer's, and that was fun. I'll say that. Um, I I like <laughs> Spencer's run, man. I mean, it wouldn't say it's my favorite. I liked it though. Yeah, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was be honest. special, but you nothing be terrible honest, as well. So you got to you gotta uh, give the people the, the honesty. You're the cap guy. Say uh, how you feel. Nothing, nothing special, but not the worst as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, this one, I really like this one. It's, it's completely different from Spencer's. It's got such a different feel. The way Toche even writes Sam is completely different as well. Mm -hmm. um, the Take, for example, the issue where they go to Latveria. <clears throat> mm -hmm. They're standing in front of Doom. Like how Toche has Sam speaking to Doom. Not with most people, whenever they're speaking to Doom, you know, they have that essence of fear in them. There was nothing there. It was commanding and it's like respectable too. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. I really like how you write Sam. I also uh, I want to talk about something I'm going to need your cap knowledge on again. So in the book, 
like I said, we see Sam kind a kind of a similar again to Sentinel Liberty. It's kind of a conspiracy sort of thing that uncovers as we move along the issues. Like I said, uh, White Wolf is kind of pulling strings from behind the scenes, and Sam, uh, Falcon, Joaquin Torres uh, are basically trying to uncover what is going on. But during all of this adventure, we are introduced slash reintroduced to a character that I know nothing about. I I know a little bit, you know, about about him here and there. But Cab, you're going to have to school me here. So we're introduced to Ian Rogers, a.k.a. Nomad. And he becomes a major player in this run and actually becomes kind of Sam's new sidekick if i don't want to say sidekick partner partner is a better word i don't know why i said sidekick partner (laughs) but so cap again you're gonna have to school me here so who is ian rogers i know what i know of ian rogers is what i have read in symbol of truth so that's very limited knowledge here so give me the rundown who who's ian rogers well how does he come into play and what do you think the importance of bringing him back is because from my understanding he has been dead or hasn't hasn't been a player in the game in a, in a long while so what do you think is the reasoning of them bringing him back and like i said the importance of that the reason i think they brought him back that's uh, that's a very good question um i it's, honestly i think the reason for them bringing him back is to like obviously whenever the two books cross over properly and Cold War gets fully underway. I think it's more a reason to keep Steve grounded because we don't know what Steve's going to do. His best friend's essentially in his eyes gone to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, he's willing to do whatever. He's willing to shoot Steve in the shoulder to kill someone. We don't know what Steve's going to do whenever those two come face to face and realise that Bucky isn't going to back down. Mm-hmm. So I think them bringing Ian back is a is a way to keep Steve grounded. Like, um, keep that human aspect intact in Steve mm. so he doesn't lose himself, you know? I'm, I'm hoping I'm right. I'm hoping I'm on <laughs> something there. <laughs> yeah. so, who is, so who is Ian Rogers? He's, so from my understanding, again, what I know of him is from Symbol of Truth. And so what I got is that he is from Dimension Z. Father is... Yes. The father is Zola. Yes. And uh, somehow Cap rescues him from Dimension Z and becomes his new dad. Yep. And then he takes on the mantle of Nomad. Yep. Okay, that's what I know. So you fill <laughs> fill in the blank there. <laughs> so, like I said, he comes from Dimension Z. And so he's Zola's kid. Yeah, so... um. In Rick Remender's run in 2012, um, his cap run, uh, you could say kidnapped, cap get kidnapped and taken to Dimension Z anyway. Um, but he finds this baby who has been artificially grown, like at, I had artificially grown in a test tube. So Steve rescues him, uh, keeps him, looks after him, and essentially raises him as his own. Mm-hmm. So he pretty much adopts the kid and he calls him Ian, Ian Rogers. Um, so then Sharn comes to Dimension Z or Z, however you want to pronounce it. Um, like Zed. To rescue Steve. Zed, yeah. But she kills Ian. She, she kills Ian? She shoots him in the head. Yeah, she shoots him in the head, essentially. Is he, wait, is he um, still a kid at this point or is he like a young adult? No, he's still a kid. Oh, um, she killed a kid then? Jesus. Yeah, no, it wasn't in the head. It was through the chest. Still. One or two, I can't remember. <laughs> she calls him anyway. She thinks he's, or uh, she thinks that Ian is trying to kill her slash Steve. So she shoots him, protecting Steve. Um, And then we fast forward a few years. Uh, the last the last time we see Ian is in a Hail Hydra mini for... Secret Wars 2015. It's like issue. Is it issue five? I think it is. But he goes down the where he takes the like the time elevator. I think it's called some kind of elevator anyway, and disappears. And that's the last time we see him. 
on okay. Talmai. Mm-hmm. So we still so don't there's... know. We don't know what happened to him after that. Like, because it, from what I remember no. from Symbol of Truth, he kind of just shows up. Yeah, after Hail Hydra, after the Hail Hydra mini, um, whenever he goes in that elevator, nothing more has been said. He hasn't been touched on. Mm-hmm. No runs, no minis, no nothing. So mm-hmm. that's all we know of him. Yeah. So my original question so, of like, what do you mean? What do you think it means him being back? That's that's a pretty big question because that's kind of yeah. one of the mysteries that we don't know yet is what the hell happened to him how is he back because again correct me if i'm wrong but in the beginning of the run he's working for white wolf correct yeah that's how we're introduced to him in this run right yeah so it'll be it'll be really interesting to see why and how they brought him back mm-hmm. wow yeah I... so where did it where did they go you know yeah now that i know that now i'm even more interested in ian than i even was before but that kind of leads us into a perfect segue, though, into Cold War. So that's kind of how the, like I said, these two runs have been going simultaneously over the past year. But now those two runs are coming together in the event called Cold War. And basically, how that happens is in Sam's run, Symbol of Truth, that we're talking about. Uh, again, not to give too much away, but that ends with Ian Rogers going back home to Steve and. Well, we see Ian and Steve reunite, and that is kind. That is like Cap was saying. Ian kind of plays the role of bridging these two titles together, and now, like I said, we're getting into Cold War, which is the new event that's bringing both these titles together. And we see in Cold War that uh, uh, Bucky, at, like we talked about, he's working for the Outer Circle as their new revolutionary he breaks out white wolf from the prison that Sam just put him in after, like I said, his run. And so we have Ian, Sam Wilson, captain, uh, Steve Rogers and Sharon trying to stop Bucky and the white wolf in this new cold war mini. And like I said, that's kind of how they come together. It's only one issue in so far, so we're not very far into it, but Cap, I want to get your thoughts real quick. What do you think of the first... Let's just talk about the first issue. What do you think of the first issue of Cold War? And what are your kind of hopes of for this event? Um, <clears throat> first issue was... It was fun. It was different. It, um, there was a lot more action than I was expecting. To be fair, I was expecting it to sell a lot of stuff up. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot more action. Um, I, I really like how they kept Misty Knight in it as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they have Sam and Misty, and then Steve and Sean. I yeah, like I that. For, I forgot to mention Misty, but yeah, Misty, who I was a little disappointed in the symbol of, yeah, symbol of truth series. Like she's in it in the beginning, but I would have loved to see more of her, like on the adventure. Yeah, more. yeah so I'm glad that in Cold War, it seems like she's joining the fray a little bit more. Yeah, um, I really like how they brought her in the, the first mm-hmm. issue. Um, I'm not sure what I'm hoping for, to be honest, in the mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of it. Yeah. Uh, I just want a good cap event. I'm I'm really hoping they get on they get into Bucky's head and mm-hmm. bring him back. You know, like I don't want him going full super villain. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to see him take down the outer circle. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just I'm hoping they have a real good plan for it yeah I think they do and like we talked about I really feel like it's going to be one of those books where when everything is revealed we're going to have to go back to issues and be like okay I get it now you know what I mean like I feel like everything right now is just very much like things are just happening you know and it's like we don't really yeah. understand the full scope of what is happening yet, but once yeah, this we is... don't know what we're processing yet. Exactly, but once it's all over, I think we're gonna all go back on these issues and be like, "Damn, that like that's why Bucky did that, or that's why Peggy did, you know, X Y Z." But yeah, yeah, I think oh, that's how Ian came back. 
Yeah, exactly. That's how Ian came back. That's how Peggy came. Like, that's how Peggy became a star point. All these things that we kind of just talked about. I really think that they're going to they're going to pull it off and wrap everything up pretty satisfyingly. One thing I do hope for the Cold War, uncovering more of this mystery and getting more answers of how this century game works and you know how like we like we were just talking about all these questions about the star points and how have they been controlling all these people's lives in order you know to play this game and it seems like i i don't know we know we do know that uh the sentinel of liberty is coming to an end in august right yeah so unfortunately it is closing in but i'm not sure about sam's uh, symbol of truth i'm not sure if that is gonna continue after cold war but to me it seems like sam's sam's story and symbol of truth was wrapped up pretty nicely like at the uh, what is it issue in issue 11 of symbol of truth yeah uh the kind of main story that was being told wraps up very nicely and it seems like with cold war it seems like Sam is now coming into the fray of what's been going on in Sentinel of Liberty, like all the stuff that we've been discussing with Bucky and the Outer Circle. So I feel like Cold War is kind of the bookend of both of these titles, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it feels like the event to wrap up two titles. Yeah. But at the same time, it feels like it's just like a halfway point i guess Mm because like i feel like there's more to come after it like i don't obviously obviously we're going to get more runs from these characters but i feel like from these writers and these specific like themes that the the writers are taking the characters i feel like this is just a halfway point Mm -hmm. like it might be the end of these arcs but it might not be the end of the overall story that they're trying to tell yeah i totally agree and i really hope that that's the case because i mean we've been praising these guys' song this whole episode but yeah i think that there's a lot more even when this this kind of arc is over with the outer circle and the century game i I mean so what's going to be the fallout of that like what happens after that what happens after the outer circle is so like what does that mean again like these are all questions that have yet to be answered like what does the outer circle really mean? Like, so what happens when they're gone? If they've been here since night, what was it? 1922 influencing the yeah. world events. What happens to the world when they're no longer there? I think those are all kind of questions that, you know, like not that we need answers for, but that's something that would be super interesting to explore. And I think the story doesn't end just there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like they're the only writers that can put an actual end and answer those questions because it, it's all right. Let's say, for example, me and you were to go in after them and make up our own like answers for these kind of questions. That's all right, but like this, it's not. It's not the answers that everyone wants. We mm-hmm. want to hear it from the writers. Like, why did you have this train of thought? What was your reason for it? Mm-hmm. We want their version of this. Yeah. Exactly. So we want their answers for it. I guess you could call it one of the five stages of grief. Um, <laughs> stage of denial. I say we're in denial right now. We just don't want yeah, it to be over. Yeah, they're not leaving. Yeah, they can't <laughs> leave. <laughs> Reminds me and makes me think of something. You know, we we love a good conspiracy here on the Sons of Mill. Near right. <laughs> we're known we're known for going, you know, swinging for the fences. I, me and Gorgon are especially the tinfoil hat ones of this group. The tinfoil but, hires. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but do you have any, do you got any crazy predictions, crazy theories of what we could see in cold war, maybe relating to like we were talking about, you know, where Peggy or how they, made peggy a star point where ian's been i got i got one that's pretty good but i'm gonna wait i want to see if i want to see if you got anything in that tinfoil hat brain of yours i do it's not a major like tinfoil hat theory but i feel like somehow bucky's behind ian coming back Mm -hmm. like i feel like that's bucky so obviously bucky's trying to do a lot to keep steve off his tail to keep him at an arm's length or whatever I feel like him bringing Ian back is a way to like distract him 
not realizing how much it actually could do to further push Steve to get Bucky back. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's the one behind Ian coming back. Obviously, we see him, and I think it's issue two, the end of issue one, issue two, or the end of issue two, issue three. We see Bucky and Peggy meeting in Madripoor, mm-hmm. and them discussing the star points. So I feel like they both know, and the both of them have planned for Ian to come back. Okay. More, I'm more so leaning on Bucky bringing Ian back than I am Peggy, but mm-hmm. you know, it's two people never hurt. Yeah, say two points of the star, man. Yep. So I, but, I um, love. Let me I hear love this that theory. Of yours. Oh, well, first of all, before we get into mine, I just want to say I I love that theory, and I hope that that turns out to be true because I think that that would be an not easy way, but a good way to hit all of these mysteries like all at once. You know what I mean? Like you just said, if yeah. if Bucky was kind of orchestrating Ian's return with Peggy, like we could get, like I said, those three kind of mysteries of Ian, Peggy, and Bucky, like those can all be kind of tied up with one one really good kind of swing, you know? Yeah, yeah. But so mine is, and this is just, I, this is just crazy. I just thought of it when we were talking about all this stuff. But what if, what if Sam Wilson is a star point? What if he's one of the Ooh. points of the star? And he obviously he doesn't know that, but he, since his beginning as Falcon and then his takeover as Captain America, what if he's been a what if he's been part of this? whole outer circle game this entire time and again just had no idea that he was that's that's a very good that, i like that you like that's, that that's very good because i mean this is what i'm this is my thought process is like we said we've learned we've learned through both runs that like the outer circle kind of has controlled everything and not even just like you know major world events but particularly with Captain America. I mean, he carries what do they call him? Like their weapon or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. Like they see him as like their agent. And like that's why he wears the symbol. So it would make sense or kind of be weird to me that they would just allow someone else to carry that symbol as well. And if they're if someone else is carrying that symbol, it's because they're allowing it and they're pulling the strings to make that happen. You get what I mean? So again, maybe yeah. Sam has always been a, like a star point or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, I'm, and I don't want to say that as like, I'm throwing Sam under the bus. Like he's been complicit in all this. Like he has no idea that this is going on. He's an unbeknowing puppet of this bigger game that has, like you said, been going on for centuries. But I think that would be freaking cool. And I think that would be a really good twist of everything going on. Yeah, I really like that because like it, it gives them more depth in Steve's history as well. Like it, mm-hmm. it brings them two closer together. Mm-hmm. That, I, I, I really like that. And you bring up a good point as well. Like um, if they're a circle or like making all these star points, i.e. Captain America, Bucky all these major points, it wouldn't be hard to take someone out that you don't want to carry the shield. Mm-hmm. So they obviously allowed Sam to carry the shield. That's what I mean. No, I like that. Yeah, like, obviously, we were learning as this goes on, like, nothing happens by accident with the outer circle. Like, every move leads to another move, and the outcome of that move influences, you know, the the other player's move. So what if sam becoming cap i'd like not to take anything away from sam becoming cap like i don't want to make it sound like oh yeah the only reason he's cap is because you know this this uh ball has been pulling strings like he deserves to be cap and he has more than proven he deserves that title like i said all i'm saying is maybe he's like these people have been pulling strings unbeknownst to to everybody and that is Part that was part of their century game was introducing another Captain America and having Sam Wilson be a player in this. Yeah, but at the same time, even if that was the case, it still doesn't take anything away from Sam because, mm-hmm. like, obviously they influence stuff and they make moves and stuff here and there. 
but they're still not making Steve's mind up for him. And essentially, Sam was picked for a reason mm-hmm. in everyone's eyes, regardless of if people were pulling the strings or not. Yeah, I feel absolutely. like it still doesn't take away. It just gives it more depth. Mm-hmm. Like he was I think supposed so too. to be Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives it more weight. Yeah, I think so too. I just mean I just want to cover my bases because you know how people people get, and especially with the whole mantle and oh, what do you mean there's two caps like stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So I just want to cover my bases and say, you know, whether or not they're pulling the strings, like Sam has always deserved to be Cap, and he's a great, he's so good at Captain America, not only just in the MCU, but like we were just talking about in this run. Like I just really love how they're writing him in this run and he's just like you were saying when he's talking to doom like he he is captain mary like in my mind i like i want to get every single person that talks shit about sam wilson cap and like give them this run and be like read this and tell me this man is not captain america you know what i mean like it's just he exudes for lack of a better term he exudes that cap energy man like he he's got it man yeah like even in issue zero whenever Oh, I love uh, Jackson. So much. Oh, that. my God. So they were all joining forces, all mm-hmm. three of them. Like, even the writing for Sam and that was incredible. And I'm trying to argue, like, you could take that soul issue alone and give it to someone. And that'll, <laughs> it just cements how he is Captain America. Yeah. Like I said, I want to just put it in everyone's hand but you mentioned issue zero and i know we nerded out about this a while back ago but oh yeah. my god i cannot i still can't get over how good that is i think still which is gonna sound super weird it's my favorite issue of both runs still like that was just so good Fair. like i mean Fair. yeah it wasn't like you know like these both these runs are very story driven you know what i mean there's i mean there's great action and you know all these you know awesome things but it's very story driven and to me issue zero was just like a fun adventure you know what i mean like with yeah. with two caps just you know action every page the art was incredible i mean some of my favorite panels i think from the last like couple years come from that book like it's just uh i i loved issue zero so much i can't i can't express how good it it was yeah it sort of felt like a love letter to like early day captain america runs as well where it Mm -hmm. was all just bang crash action yeah you know and you get the two but at the same time it had a really good story too Mm -hmm. that's what i mean it was the perfect way to i know it's it's obviously issue zero and it you know, kicked off both Sentinel and like that one issue spawned two amazing runs. And I think it was just the perfect issue to introduce us. I mean, obviously we all know Captain America and Sam Wilson, Captain America, but it was just such a great issue to really kick off both series. And I think it really set the tone for what we've been seeing, which like we've talked about is phenomenal. Yeah, I Jesus, man, the art in that issue too. <laughs> I know. Oh, that, that's why I said it's like some of that, my that favorite panels. Yeah, some of my favorite panels that I've seen in any book, regardless of a cat book. But yeah, like, and the one that I love, I'm thinking of right now is when they're floating in the water <laughs> and they like fist bump. They're like, "Thanks, yeah. cat. All right, cat. Oh, it's so good, so good." I I really like the one. What is it? Total Recall, the the Arnie film, mm-hmm. like the reference to that, where the two caps, you know, grab fists. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> I yeah. love that too. Yeah, from a Predator. That's a, a Predator. That's yeah. what it was. Dylan. <laughs> yep, Dylan. Dylan. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a great. That's a. We need to do an episode on Predator because that's a fantastic movie. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I think we really kind of covered everything up until this point with Cold War and both Cap runs. That's really all we can talk about and theorize for right now. But I mean, we will be back to talk once this all wraps up. We got to come back and talk about this and see if some of our theories were right. And like I said, just discuss how they wrap this all up because I am super excited to see how all of this is going to come together. And and I think uh, 
they said August, right? Isn't that what they said is August. coming to an yep. end? August. So we got into about another month of all the cap goodies from the hive mind. But other than that, Cap, is there anything else you'd like to say about this run, uh, Sam's run, or just Cap in general? I don't think so. I think I've said as much as we can without spoiling too much. Yeah, like I said, don't want to spoil too much. The one thing I will say is go read it. Go out there. Yeah, the, stop, absolutely. Stop listening to us yahoos talk about it. Go read it for yourself. See how, like, we're praising how good it is go see how good it is for yourself go out to your local comic shop i'm sure that they have some trades available now cap am i wrong on that no uh, well yes you're right no you're not wrong yes you're right <laughs> um <laughs> so volume one is out so far and volume two is due to drop i think it's just after august okay after it wraps up trade is out for you guys to go pick up you guys can catch up i think uh if you guys have marvel unlimited it go i think on sentinel they go all the way up to like issue 10 i think and then same thing for symbol of truth uh, issue 10 so if you have marvel unlimited you'll only be like two or three issues behind that's you know you can easily catch up but yeah please go read it it is super good thank you jackson and kelly and tochi for bringing us this awesome cap content that we can nerd out about and you know really that's all we have for you guys let us know what you think about it. You have to tweet us. You have to reply. Yes. Let please. us know all your thoughts and your theories too. If you have a crazy theory, shout us both out. Let yes. us know. Please. You know, we love theories. Like Cap said, leave us a comment. Hit us up on Twitter. We love talking about this stuff. We, I promise you, we will reply and we can nerd out all about it. But other than that, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a subscribe. It really helps us out. And like Cap said, hit us with all your Captain America theories, crazy thoughts, and tell us what you think about this run because we love talking about it. But other than that, we're going to have to get out of here for this time. Thank you all so much for watching. Uh, I hope all your stacks are fat. Stay hydrated out there, and we will see you all next time. Bye, guys. It's been wonderful. I'm gonna do this all day. <laughs>